Hello, I'm Steve, the retired criminal investigator with the Air Force Office of Special Investigations, the Federal Law Enforcement Agency of the United States Air Force. I'm Hannah, the amateur true crime enthusiast. I've been fascinated with my dad's job, and I love starting conversations with him to learn more. Join us each week as we share these conversations with you and discuss a real criminal case that piques our interest. Hello. Welcome back, archivists. Welcome. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We got another stray, stray from the, uh, the the regular that we do. Yeah, I wanted to break it up a bit. We've been doing, you know, mostly just murder and... Genealogy. Yeah, so I wanted to break it up a little bit. There's other yep. types of crime, and specifically other types of crime that you've worked with. Yep. So, today we're doing a fraud case. All right. Yeah, and it's one that some of you may know. I guess you said you hadn't heard of it. Well, Wells Fargo has had a few things. Yeah, I noticed, I think, <laughs> one. it's still ongoing. Yeah, they've <laughs> had a few things going on. So we are talking about Wells Fargo, specifically what happened, what came out in 2016. However, the overall like fraud that was taking place was between 2011 to 2016, 2015. It just all came out in 2016, and it's still kind of ongoing right now. So before I dive in really to like what happened, I have some interesting t- statistics I would like to share with you all and with you, Dad, for you guys to kind of mm-hmm. get thinking. Because I have um, some personal experience with this type of i don't want to say with fraud not with fraud but with what was going on behind the scenes you were a victim you mean maybe no okay no i mean like we'll get into the employees and what was expected and why the fraud occurred that's an oh i understand yeah Yeah, i understand (laughs) being an employee okay so creditcards.com has a poll that says 68 percent of u.s adults or seven out of ten have applied for a retail card at some point on impulse and in 2020, wow. it was 69%. So I guess technically it's gone down. Wow. Oh, oh, no, 68 to 69. That's going up. No, that the recent poll was now, like oh, 2021. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, Sorry. That's the easy target market, really. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll talk about that, too, in a minute. Yeah. So just some of the stores that have the highest APR is Big Lots, Discount Tire, and Guitar Center. Their APR is at twenty nine point ninety nine percent. Holy mackerel! Yeah. That should that should turn anyone off as soon as they they realize that. Well, they're not going to be really. You're not really going to be able to realize that. You read all the fine print, but when you're applying for a credit card in the store, it's going to show be shown on that tiny little keypad that you like pay with. That's how you type in all the information, and that's how you see. So it's designed for you to like not really see those things. They don't tell you though. You don't. No. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I, I worked at... My first question, when someone wants to offer me a credit card, what's the percent? What's the percentage? And I'll tell you right now. So at Wells Fargo, being a bank, the employees 100% should know. In retail stores, because my, my poll is specifically about retail stores, uh. as an employee, I was not aware. I did not have any information other than that. I had a goal that I had to meet, and I needed you to apply. What did they, What if they asked that question... You wouldn't know? No one ever tried. No, I had no idea. I have no idea. Yeah, you're also praying on people who don't care about that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We had like a little pamphlet that we would give them and be like, here's the pamphlet. So I, one of my first credit cards was a Sears credit card. Oh, that's in my my statistics. (laughs) And 
when I met your mother, I had it. And it was the only credit card I had. And, you know, Sears was, I don't know that we had Walmarts that were big or all over the was place. It mostly just furniture at the time? Yeah. The, we, it was, you know, you could get tires for your car or appliances. It was a good put clothes. But you, when your mother and I got married, we looked at this thing. Twenty six. It was 26%. And I said, you know what? Why don't I ask somebody at Sears one day, hey, can I use any credit card in here? And they said, yeah. <laughs> I said, then why am I using yours for 26%? You know, yeah. so I got rid of it. I don't think Sears has credit cards anymore, to be honest with you. Um, I but yeah. do so not I went, remember ever being went and, got a regular, and that's what your mother and I did. Went and got a regular credit card mm-hmm. at, at like 2% or whatever it is, 3% or whatever, and got rid of that, 26%. That was that was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. So Am- Amazon Secured Card, Military Star Card, Sears oh. Home Improvement yeah. Account, and Costco, so I, I think Sears does. It's the Sears Home Improvement, okay, though. Okay, yeah, yeah. And Costco, any Revisa have the lowest APR. Really? Okay, yeah. So in order of I listed, so Amazon was 10%. Uh, Military Star Card is 10.24%. And you said Sears was what? 26? 26%. That was years ago. It is now- 30, More than 30 years ago. 14.40%. 14%, so it's, yeah. Yeah, it's gone down. That's still high. It's, yeah. yeah. And then Costco is at fifteen point twenty four percent. So that those w- those are the retail. The those are the retailer themselves, the cards. Yes, and those are the lowest. Those are the lowest. Holy crap! In the in the retail, yeah, industry. The out of the places that have them, right? Mm-hmm. What about Walmart? Does Walmart have a card? Uh, so when I was looking, it did. I did see that it, Walmart was listed as a card, but I've never known that Walmart yeah, has maybe a credit card. These are, maybe these, online. These are co- what you just named are companies that that they have their own financing. That that's that's their card. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. Um. So percent still high. Just FYI. Yeah, I know. So what's funny too? Seventy-five percent of boomers have applied for a credit card at checkout. That was the word that I—I I don't know if "boomers" the actual name. That's for, is no, that the actual baby generation. Boomers. Okay, it was—it just said boomers. Bo- probably baby boomers. Yeah. Have applied for credit card at checkout. Sixty-four percent of Gen Xers have applied at checkout. Oh, that's me. Sixty-four. Holy crap. Sixty-four <laughs> millennials. So we're want the same. Mm-hmm. And thirty-nine percent of Gen Zers. They're getting a little smarter. <laughs> the younger they are, yeah. they're getting a little smarter. And what was cited as the number one reason, according to the poll, uh, for getting, for applying for the credit card is an offered discount at checkout. And That's so Gen crappy. Xers take that at 63%, yeah. You know, when you're at any of these stores right. and they're like, if you apply for a credit card, you get 10% off yeah. today or 50% off or but whatever. But so I think some people go right home and they cancel that thing or whatever, probably. Doesn't that still mess with your credit, though? I, I don't I don't know. I don't believe all that. People will tell you once you have an open credit card, you can't get rid of it because it'll mess with your credit. No, yeah. it won't. It won't. Oh. What what messes with your credit is having five or six credit cards with open money on them. So when you go to the bank to get a, a, a loan for a car, a mortgage, personal loan, the bank looks at those five or six credit cards as a liability. Yeah. You know, on top of what they're going to lend you. So I don't I don't Makes buy sense. that. I your mother and I get rid of all of our one. We've had one. Your your whole life we've had like one. Yeah. Yeah. Just to name a few, David's Bridal, American Eagle, Banana Republic, Buckle, Best Buy, Target, JCPenney, and Toys R Us are all stores, examples of stores that have store credit cards. Oh, okay. I don't know how much I'm supposed to or allowed to say. I don't work for this company anymore, but I will say that one of those companies I named I did work for and have experienced mm-hmm. having to ask people to apply for credit cards. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm going to like throw in my, yeah. but I'm not going to name it just because I don't know okay. yeah. if I can. <laughs> 
it's funny. We were at we were at the store yesterday. You and I remember, and the the lady behind the counter. Remember, she was she knew I no. wasn't going to get it, and I, and she kept she kept explaining what it was because she's like that was was that that wasn't a credit card though. I thought that was the rewards. It, well, it's it's they're all credit cards. No, see, we're going to talk about that. That is not that is what they want you but, to. But think. a lot of them are credit cards. A lot of them. So it's because the way that we yeah. are taught to word it to you, mm-hmm. rewards and credit card are two very different things. No, no, I understand the that. way they word it to you though is to trick you into thinking it's just rewards. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but it's yeah. a credit card. That's right. my point. Right, but they they're used not the to, same thing. Years ago, there used to be. Um, so, for example, when I was in the Air Force, the NCO club, the Non-Commissioned Officer mm-hmm. Club, I had a club card. Mm-hmm. Right, I was a member. Had a club card. But that's all it was. It was a you were a member and you had a club card and you showed it to get in, get discounts, things like yeah. that. Well, all of a sudden, some years down the road, it became a credit card, mm. and I didn't want a credit card, so I was not a member of the NCO club, and that used to go against you. And they said, "Why aren't you a member?" Because I don't want a credit card. That's yeah. why. It depends. I guess it depends on the company, but I but a they're, reward they're mostly is all but a re- but a rewards card is typically different. There are a lot of stores that do yes, just, like I, CVS. I, like, we have a CVS yeah, rewards. CVS, the yeah. Dick's Sporting Goods has yeah. one of those. Yes, yes, but a lot of them are credit cards. Right. That's what steers me away. Yeah, uh, you have to really ask, and you have to find out. Like when it comes down to it for everyone to know, if if you're confused and you say yes, if it's something is asking you for your income and for your social, that is not a rewards you, card. That is a credit card. Right, right. right. <laughs> That's what people don't realize. Well, a social security, that means they're going to do a credit check. That yes. should be. A, so here's the thing. Just Hannah and I alone are having this discussion. You, you can see where we're headed with this. You can see how it could cause a problem. And yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Yeah. So employees who work at these stores, like I just mentioned, tend to have goals. They are supposed to meet how many customers. They. Wow. I have a terrible I, punctuation apparently when I type. Employees who work at these stores tend to have goals that they are supposed to meet on how many customers that they can get to apply for a credit card. Right. So they're given like weekly, monthly, quarterly, whatever they have a goal that they're supposed to get so many applications. So like I said, if you've ever been to some of these places, you'll notice that they always ask, like at Target. Have you noticed whenever you check out at Target, they always ask? Target is a good example of where it gets kind of confusing too is because they will also usually ask about your circle, like the app with all the coupons. And I've had many times where I get confused on what they're asking me because there is a difference between those two. So while you're listening to this conversation, to this episode, just keep in mind how they ask and the task tactics that are being used. Do you normally realize that they're talking about a credit card and not a rewards card? Both are very different again. And for in most ca- in some cases, at least in my experience. Mm-hmm. So apparently during the financial crisis of 2008, Wells Fargo was actually one of the companies that specifically one of the banks that was doing really, really well. They had, and I quote, an image of stability on Wall Street and in the financial world. So they were, I mean, they were just doing really well in 2008, and so everyone looked up to them. And then in 2016, it was revealed that Wells Fargo employees had been fraudulently opening up more than 1.5 million bank accounts and applying for over 565,000 credit cards in their customers' names between 2011 and 2015. Hold on, the employees? Yep. (laughs) How many employees? Um, I can tell you later on how many were fired. It was a little over 3,000, but it doesn't how say many, how many, but it was across okay, the board. How many, how many accounts did you just say? So 1.5 million bank accounts and then 565,000 credit cards in customers' names. Oh. 
So, so not like the not in their own. So they no. oh so they were using customers like existing customers, customers that came yeah. in. They they saw that that some oh somebody doesn't have a credit card. Let's open up one in their name. Yeah. Holy crap. Which and, and then so the bank accounts. I'm not quite. Are you going to get to that? Like the so they opened up bank accounts. Yeah, they're opening up bank accounts. I don't. I think you have to open up a bank account in order to apply for a credit card. Mm-hmm. I th- Wells Fargo is weird. I remember there. I was with Wells Fargo for a short period of time during this time actually. So it just said in, in everything four I read, years it just they said, opened up 1.5 million bank, bank accounts. accounts. Yeah, because it wasn't just it wasn't just credit cards. They like they were. We'll get to it in a second. They were trying to upsell. That's my word. All of their services. So I think the bank accounts went in hand in hand with the the credit cards. So what would like they got more what for doing a, a bank what, account and a credit card? What would card. somebody be at Wells Fargo for if they don't have a bank account? Cashing a check. Cashing maybe? a check. Yeah, there's lots. Of, oh, okay. Cashing yeah. a check. Moving. Wow, yeah. they did this. Okay, so that's fraud right off the bat. Okay, that yeah. they're they're illegally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Holy crap! You know, I'm just I wrote down some numbers because I'm just thinking how many interviews people have to do how much paperwork we'll talk about that from a fraud investigative oh. perspective yeah and this is still going ongoing yeah, in 2022 this is, this this is, is ongoing um, yeah this is okay <laughs> and so these are all customers who hadn't necessarily authorized those the, accounts to be open obviously yeah like they're these probably are, still identifying victims yeah. is is what i would say they're probably still going through all records and identifying you know they might have to contact people knock on the door did you want a bank account opened up that kind of thing so yeah so that's what's probably going on still today. Yeah, All I right. was I was not I was briefly a member of Wells Fargo and I was not a fan. Okay, what's <laughs> and they're an interesting company. So the employees would create fake email accounts to then sign up customers for the different services. Uh, and by the way, Wells Fargo has about forty million customers. Fake, um, fake emails to attach to the yes to sign up customers for the different services. And don't even get me started about email quotas, because when I read that, that like triggered something in me. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, I did retail management for about five, six years. And I mean, again, you guys all shop, you go into stores. What's the other number one thing that everyone asks for when you go shopping is an email. Believe it or not, people can get fired for not getting enough emails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, that is something that companies, corporate companies push on their employees in the store hardcore is just getting someone's email i mean it's it's insane and people don't want to give that's a personal information too i had funny enough actually i had one time one lady and you learn how to just i used to not ask i used to just be like okay what's your email because that is the quickest way to get someone like if you ask that gives them the option to say no right Mm-hmm. So I would just be like, what's your email? I had one lady one time. She started to give me her street address. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I need your email. She goes, why? I'm not giving you my email. That's personal. I have. I was like, but you were going to give me your street address? Yeah. Your mother and I have uh, um, an old account that we use for that kind of stuff. Yeah, that way there's same. no fighting at the register. Yeah, sure. Here you go. And then when it comes in, we clean it. We just unsubscribe. Yep, <laughs> which is you're the best kind of people. Thank you, mm-hmm. because it, it's just it's very difficult. Because yeah, I know you what you're trying to do. I, yeah, uh, just like that the the lady the other day. I guess you weren't paying attention to it. I said, "Go ahead and tell the boss that you that you asked." Oh, that, and yeah, I, said, I didn't oh, hear you say that yeah. yesterday. Yeah, no. Oh, they have cameras. One of the one of the people behind the cash wrap was a manager of hers watching, paying attention. We you it's there. Everyone's on mm-hmm. it. So anyway, I when I read the the fake emails thing, it brought me back to uh, I mean, people creating fake emails, ac- email accounts in our stores to hit that quota. 
And that was just fake emails. And then it got to a point where computers were like, we know that that's a fake email. <laughs> so mm-hmm. anyway, I get, I get a little triggered about the fake emails. So the first thing cited in the article that I was reading is that formal, former employees reported that the sales goals the company had put in place were impossible to meet. And again, I, I can confirm as a former retail employee, I said I worked for a company that had credit card applications. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the the quotas that like the expectations they put on employees to ask people to sign up for a credit yeah. card is absolutely absurd insane i had a manager fired because she was just signing up for credit cards on her own to meet that quota oh really she was she was trying to convince other employees to sign up so she she signed up for credit cards yeah herself her so she was telling everyone that it was a soft like it didn't hit your credit yeah yeah it doesn't matter though yeah if you open up five or ten credit cards at once that that's still goes on your credit. Yeah. So she was she was getting um she was telling other employees to do it too. And I was also a manager at the same time and I was like, Nope. I told every single one of my employees because we worked in different departments. I said, Do not do that. That is not on your responsibility to do that. I will take the fall if you don't get your goals Mm -hmm. um and Mm -hmm. they ended up bringing corporate in and she was fired because of because that is what that is fraud right Mm -hmm. so that i mean that still counts as fraud well we'll talk about that yeah in a second it it can get tricky yeah it so basically what the wells fargo employees were saying was that the amount of pressure that you know that managers put and that the employees are getting from corporate it starts to blur the lines a little bit of right and wrong for Mm -hmm. everyone involved but again, like I said, I'd rather get written up for not meeting mm-hmm. the goal than doing that. So, yeah, according to the Wikipedia page that I was reading, employees have described being so stressed by the goals that they would cry, being so stressed out that they would vomit and even have panic attacks hmm. if they weren't getting these meeting these goals. This is this. Is, so this was pressure that caused them to do this then. Yeah, essentially. Uh-huh. So cross selling is trying to sell multiple products to your customer. I already mentioned at the beginning, I called it upselling. In retail, that's what we Mm -hmm. call it is upselling. So Uh it's just when at the register, I get you to buy socks or something else that's sitting up at the register. Um, But for an example, at a bank, it's if a customer who is checking out with whatever normal business they're doing, the employee would talk to them about taking out a mortgage or ask them about opening a credit card. Uh, The more a customer buys, the better, obviously. Wells Fargo was actually known for this cross-selling technique and was exceptionally good at it, allegedly inventing this strategy. Really? Yeah, I have uh, right down here. In 1998, an interview with the former CEOs of Wells Fargo, Richard Kovach, Kovach, Kovacek, I'm butchering that name, I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. actually says that his employees are salespeople and would encourage them to sell at least eight products and started their initiative going to great, but it's like GR8, like spelled eight. And this made me laugh because literally every retail store does this too. Like the parallels are so funny that it is, they look at their, their employees as just salespeople. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, because like, they're, selling, they're selling money. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. I've never thought of it that yeah, way. you're selling money. I've really never thought of it Mortgage that way. Mortgage companies sell money. Yeah. Yeah. Never thought of it that way until I was reading yeah. about this. And I was like, they really are just sa- like the way that the companies are putting the expectations on them. It is just like they're salespeople because every every step that I every page that I read, I was like, that's exactly how it is in retail. 
that like we have mm-hmm. we had our own little sayings and mantras on how to get people to yeah. buy things H- how far up the chain did this go do you know like who oh the ceo stepped down he resigned. No, 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 no. Uh, before we get there, obviously, the CEO is always responsible. Oh, of like who was who encouraging was, the yeah, fraud? Yeah, who was pressuring? So they're keeping tight-lipped about who. So they, they say mm-hmm. the n- amount of n- employees that were fired, mm-hmm. but they are not saying how far up it goes. Yeah, some They've employees are cooperating, private. I promise you. Some oh, employees yeah. are co- cooperating. I'm sure all the lower-level employees are that are throwing up okay. because they're so stressed. Are you going to get to how... This came about? Okay, good. I'm excited for that. So apparently in 2014, the company actually held an ethics workshop to prevent fraud activity. Oh, yeah. So fraudulent activity. So they're they're like aware that this is happening. So they're trying to like... Well, they they have a whole fraud division probably too, so... But they're not. I mean, they it's they should have been taken. They probably care of have it. a policy. They probably have um, auditors. They they have believe me. They not a very good one apparently. Actually, I, I know somebody who worked with I worked with in Air Force that went over to Wells Fargo about this time to help <laughs> Oh to help with all their fraud yeah, that's yeah, funny yeah. He, he employed by him yeah Oh that's funny Yeah uh, so they made sure to put less emphasis on the sales goal but for the next couple of years employees were still being fired for creating the fake accounts and while the fake accounts were still being made by 2015 Wells Fargo reports that the numbers were down and how many were actually being made it's to me. It sounded like the company, like the CEO and okay. the corporate, they were like, "No more fraud." But then, like the managers were like, "We still need these numbers." So, internally, they they identified this first. Yes, okay. is what it sounded like. Okay, yeah. all right. And they were like, "Yep, let's this is usually what happens." Yeah, yeah. Let's okay. And now they're all proud. They're reporting that the number of times that they illegally opened a bank account or credit card ha- has gone down. Yeah. How proud are they? But it should be zero. That's right. <laughs> it should be zero. I don't want to like entrust my money mm-hmm. to someone yeah. that might open a fake credit card in my name. So the way that this fa- was found out was it was just the customers. It was the Wells Fargo customers. They uh, the employees would apparently be like quickly close closing out some of these accounts, but not quick enough. Yeah, uh, one point five million. Yeah, so people began getting calls. One, yeah. yeah, people began getting calls from debt collectors about accounts they'd never opened or knew nothing about. Some were getting charged fees or getting bills in the mail or actual mm-hmm. physical cards. Like some people were getting yeah. the actual because so like the employees weren't With able the, to close yeah. them out fast enough, and the cards went to them, and they were like, "Wait a minute!" <laughs> so that's how it was found out. Okay, can you back up one more time for me? The motivation. What what was. What was the reasoning for this? For the employees doing incriminating the fraud? Yeah. It was the uh, the sales goals. Sales goals. Okay. Yeah. All right. It was that the company was like, you have to get this many amount of credit card applications, credit card sales, whatever. But they weren't really selling anything, though. They're selling a credit card. But they didn't make a profit. How'd they make a profit on that? How'd they make money off of that? I honestly have no idea. Yeah, this is a tough one. It's right. never made sense to me. It's never okay. made sense to me. I know. So I know for like a third party company. So like one of the companies I mentioned, the company that I worked for mm-hmm. that did credit cards. So it was a store credit card for that store. Uh-huh. But it was it was a uh, it was a third. It was a different company. It was yeah. a different credit card company that we had like a contract with another financial right? institution. Yeah. Yeah. So even if people weren't getting the credit cards, us getting people to apply like hit the quota somehow and got us the money somehow. Okay, so there was a financial incentive for 
Wells Fargo, and then subsequently potential financial incentives for the employees, like raises, that kind right. of thing. Yes, they were offering okay. raises, promotions, bonuses. Okay. Whoever the whoever was the le- whoever owned the money, whoever the um, I, what do you call it? The um, the person that backs up Wells Fargo. Yeah, the bank. Right. Yeah, I I can't think of the word, but but. So Wells Fargo did get money. Okay, that's important, what I have to say later. That's important. Right. And, you know, there, it's there's also not just between the employees, but each location, each branch, they have their own goals, too. Because, in, in essence, it's still a retail store. It's still a store. Essentially, each branch operates like a retail store. Each branch right. still has goals. They mm-hmm. have sales goals. Mm-hmm. And there's still a general manager. There is still, you know, the management team that operates that store. So... They still are, you know, wanting to be the best branch, the best mm-hmm. location. Yeah. So even though like they were like they, they brought in an internal investigation and they did, you know, that the class and everything, they still want to be the best each location, each branch. That's how that was okay. still going on. Now, some some people called up and said, hey, why, what do you mean? So this uh, outside institution said, hey, we have these people that said they never opened up the account. Yeah, it starts getting reported and uh, an investigation begins and it does come out in 2016. That's when. By whom? The FBI has it now or whom? Yes, they still have it. Who gets called? What law enforcement? The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is who originally takes it. Yeah, so them and then the um, the Exchange Commission, mm-hmm. they're the ones that opened their own uh, investigation okay. into the banks. So and they're, gov- the they're government agencies and they have federal law enforcement probably. So, you know, yes. the government agencies that, may, this is what it says here, make sure banks, lenders, and other financial companies treat you fairly. Yeah, I have a whole definition of it too. It okay. was just, I typed in like smaller print. <laughs> so they, essentially they do their investigation and they find... It's not so it's still ongoing. So I don't have anything from like any of the employees, but it does seem like what you said earlier that they were most of them at least were willing to cooperate. You know, you're just a bank employee. Yeah, being and, stressed and it's going to be hard. Some of them are just kind of doing what they were told to do. They have no yeah. idea what what's happening behind the scenes. So it's going to be hard to prosecute some of them probably. Well, in the case of what I was talking about from the, the job that I worked at where I knew someone who was fired the employees that we had were young employees for some of them. It was this, this was like their first job. So they come into a store and there's managers that you're trusting and listening to and believing. And so you're doing what your manager tells you to do. You don't know that it's right or wrong, especially like a young kid out of high school or still in high school that hasn't experienced life. They don't know anything about fraud. Mm -hmm. They don't, they probably don't know how to file taxes yet. You know? Right. Yeah. I'm sure they had quite a bit of employees cooperate. So the company ends up getting a lot of penalties. They refund $2.6 million to customers. Another source that I read, though, said that it was $6.1 million, And I think that number has just continued to go up over the years because they're still settling accounts okay, what, between all the customers. Okay, what, what was that for? Just as... Um, after the yeah, after the investigation, they kind of... they As well as Fargo and the... What did I say? What was the bureau? I just lost it again. I need yeah. to highlight it. They come to a settlement because they're like, well, yeah, obviously we did this and we got caught. But was it to to pay back money that people lost or just yeah. harm because they were harmed? No, it was to pay uh, back for all of the uh, fees and things. Yeah, like the that. fees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
There was also a $480 million, $480 million settlement for the shareholders' lawsuit. So at the same time, they were, like, lying to all the shareholders about where they were getting their money and how much money they actually had. Oh, so this went way all... That answers my, that answers my question, because that means their financial statements... Yeah. They, they were reporting this on their financial statements, mm-hmm. so that that means this went all the way up. They were okay. fudging their financial statements on everything. Okay, yeah. Uh, they did come out and take responsibility for the fraud, but they would not accept that their sales culture is what led to the fraudulent activity. <laughs> of course. Which, like, what? <laughs> By their employees. I mean, people were afraid to lose their jobs. And even knowing that they could still lose their jobs if getting caught, they still did this. I mean, they managers it, yeah. were putting pressure, and they just didn't care. All some managers care about is just meeting the goal no matter the cost. And I've seen that, and it is really sad. Yeah. Really, really sad. They basically said it was an issue with the sales practices and an issue of poor management, mm-hmm. in my opinion, of the upper-level management. Right. Because, again, like I said, it's very similar. Like, each branch is still similar to, like, a retail store. It's run the same way. So, I think they just uh-huh. management. Anybody get indicted or go to jail or... Not that I've seen, but again, it's still ongoing, mm-hmm. and they're still pressing charges against. Yeah, like, it's not the uncommon. For, you know, there's different remedies in in fraud. One of them is jail, but restitution. Yeah, you know, it seems it, as if that's mostly it, what it's going to be. One of them. So, I mean, I've sat across the table with the prosecutor, across the table from defense attorney and the bad guy, and they they work this all out. They said. Really? Yeah, you're going to pay this back. It just it gets worked out, you know. Well, I mean, that's good. People get their money back. Yeah. And then hopefully that hopefully that makes the person Some learn their lesson. Some people go to jail. Some people go to jail, yeah. Do you think that that person learned their lesson, though? Yeah, fraudsters. Don't, uh, mm. So, like, would it be better to just put them in a jail and yeah, the no, not get they, their money back? Because they, they, there's some restrictions on them down the road, usually, so they're forever associated to that scam so when they go to get a credit card or something like that you know yeah uh quick sidetrack have Mm -hmm. you heard of anna delvey no she has there's a new netflix uh show about her she's this just really quick she's this like german heiress apparently quotation marks around heiress who scammed and frauded a a ton of people at a ton of money banks hotels everything well she got sentenced to four years i think okay yeah, yeah. like in 2000 no. like a couple years ago but she's out now i don't know why i didn't google it I, I i don't know why she's already out but i was looking and on her instagram she made a comment about how she's not allowed to open a bank account until the department of corrections clears her for it yeah i was like what i mean it makes sense but i thought that was interesting that that was one of the it, well it's just like but it, there's different types of fraud too, right? So this one, yeah, it's bad. But this one doesn't sound like anybody lost their home or anything like that, right? But then there's... Uh, um, the, uh, but for example, Elizabeth Holmes, she was the CEO of Theranos. This is very, very popular. This was the this was the medical thing that she duped everybody. Yeah, you guys might hear an episode about yeah, that. Dad won't prob- stop bugging me about it. We're probably going to do this episode, but that that's totally different. Just straight up lied and and um and, and yeah, she she went to jail actually. So, she she got uh convicted. That's, I feel like that's so, medical though. That would be more a little bit more strict. Right. So there's different there's different um there's different types of fraud, but this one doesn't sound like anybody's going to jail. Yeah, not that I've seen, but the, I mean, Wells Fargo is just having to pay a ton of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're no longer. Remember when I said uh, in 2008 they were kind of looked at as 
that like yeah. it, during a time when everyone else yeah so your reputation is, is your reputation reputation yep. is tarnished yep w- would you want to go call Wells Fargo right now and, and get a loan or I had my own bad experience with yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah no <laughs> yeah you know what I mean so it's gonna take some time yeah so yeah they they're hurting. Anyways, okay. I remember when this came out. I was yeah. like, maybe we should not have this bank. Yeah. All right. So where are you at? So where am I at? Obviously, the scandal hit them hard. That's what we yeah. were just talking about anyway. They went from, like I said, being pretty successful to, um, from the in the financial crash to then having to close out over 400 out of 6,000 branches by the end of 2018. Mm-hmm. So they ended up having to close a lot of branches. Mm-hmm. So it means a lot more people also lost their job. I feel like they probably closed because people lost their jobs. Because if you don't have employees, yeah. people don't want to work for you at that time either. Yeah. And then January 1st of 2017, sales quotas were done away with. So employees no longer had to stress mm. about that. That's the first thing that started. What did their earnings go down after this? Or anything? I believe so. Mm. What'd you say closed? What what how many branches closed? Four hundred out of six thousand. Yeah. That's a lot. And apparently in 2019, chair of the House Financial Services Committee, Maxine Waters, made it known that she wanted to investigate the bank even more yeah. and called for the bank to be dismantled by the government. Is that a thing? I've never heard of that. What does no, that mean? Oh, that's a, that's a, that's someone in Congress just just acting tough. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. I was going to say I didn't know that a bank could be dismantled well, by the government. Well, there's financial institutions. Yeah, you, you yeah, I, yeah. That's that's the folks in Congress, you know, they are these days. Ah. They, they, you know, talking tough. Anyways. And then in February of 2020, the bank actually settled with the Securities and Exchange Commission. So the original people who started the investigation mm-hmm. to pay $3 billion in their civil action on top of the settlement that they are in a deferred prosecution agreement with. Mm-hmm. Which just means any further bad behavior from the bank would result in immediate charges mm-hmm. on that. Yeah, they're on the like secret probation yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean for sure can't no, step no. a toe out of line no no right they're they're uh probably be audited right forever but so that's yeah. like another example of mm-hmm. a, uh, another and they probably what's the word Punishment. remedy remedy yeah yeah I couldn't think of the and word. you know they have probably a whole new fraud investigative section uh, again i know somebody I wonder, who is he there still uh, yeah, I yeah. Wonder. oh that's uh, cool so y- you know they're probably they probably report directly to the chief operating officer or something like that, you know what I mean, and and you know, so they probably have an aggressive training and yeah, fraud awareness like and that kind of stuff. You know, there's a thing called the fraud triangle, right? The fraud triangle. In order for fraud to happen, three things have to uh, I- exist: uh, pressure, which we mm-hmm. we talked, the pressure already exists; mm-hmm. rationalization mm-hmm. and opportunity. Losing their jobs was the rationalization. Right. Well, yeah, right. Well, they rationalize. Well, yeah. Well, no, so the pressure was losing losing their job, right? Oh. Rationalization was, well, listen, we just opened them up, and then we'll close them down right. real quick. This is not a big deal. Nobody's getting hurt. Nobody, right. you know, we just open them up, get get accounted for, and then we close them right back down. And the opportunity, this is right in their wheelhouse. They they all had the opportunity. They had the keyboard in front of them. That's what what they um, their job was. So it was the perfect perfect set of of circumstances here there was nothing to remove the pressure there was nothing to remove uh the rationalization again the opportunity so it's not like there was secondary i wasn't there to be like no right (laughs) the the managers were involved you know Mm -hmm. the other thing so fraud so the the fraud is typically financial crime right 
-hmm. And there has to be an intent, an intent to deceive, which I think they had. But then the financial, personal financial gain, I I think you've explained that, that there were, you know, incentives from these other lending institutions that were covering their uh, reinsured from the reinsurer. So there was, and then there was promotions, bonuses, things like that. So it's definitely. And each store would get, yeah. you know, each branch location, each store location, if they do yeah. better than everyone else, they get mm-hmm. prizes, they get more money, stuff like that. They get more hours and, to give to their employees. And then there's just different, different um, schemes is how they call it in mm-hmm. fraud, right? So can you imagine? So 1.5 million bank accounts opened up. Now you're false, falsifying official statements Mm -hmm. because you're filling out the paperwork you know you're lying you you know the same thing with with the credit card you know and then there's and then doing this doing the falsifying you know the documents doing it for in a financial institution i think there's some more statutes that are covered there because each customer's isn't their information supposed to be protected yeah so I would imagine that. Oh right, so they're they're probably violating some sort of privacy thing. Mm-hmm. Fake emails is another thing. So if they're, and then if they're doing this, if the lending institution or the reinsurer is in another state, you know that's wire fraud. You know they're going back and forth, they're communicating it back and forth, and then they all did this together. So it's potentially conspiracy as well. Oh wow. Yeah. So there's a lot there. Yeah. Can you imagine? 1.5 million bank accounts. Do you know how long that took the FBI? Did the FBI ever get involved or was it Not just Not that this? I saw. It was just okay. this too, yeah. Do you know how they have computers and, and scanners and things just to help them, but can you imagine how long that investigation was? Well, it's still ongoing yeah. from what I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, yeah. That's, that's, well, actually, 1.5 plus 565,000. So that's 2 million accounts, right, between the bank accounts and the credit card accounts. Two million accounts that they have to technically mm-hmm. go through and forensically analyze. So they have financial forensic analysts that 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 do that, wow. and, and they can they can go in and 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 put the data in and search spreadsheets and things like that and really really figure it out. You know, out of forty million customers, remember? Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. This is a this is a big one. This is a big one. What what what, what was the what did they get fined again, or the restitution they had to pay? Two fifty. Three billion in their civil action on top of the settlement, which was six point one million. Was the I saw two point six and one point six point one because it's gone up, and then there was a hundred and forty two thousand in compensation with the class action settlement. Which went to pay all of the fees and debt collectors, and affected oh. cre- uh, which affected credit scores of all these people. Okay, that's a good point. And then there was a four hundred and eighty million dollars settlement for the shareholders' lawsuit. Okay, you brought up something that uh, I probably need to touch on. So, with regards to f- fraud and financial crimes, it can be investigated criminally, and it can be investigated civilly. So there's actually mm. there are some civil statutes in some fraud areas that are just purely civil, and that's that's monetary. That's 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 money, and you and usually the U.S. Attorney's Office will open up cases simultaneously because oftentimes they'll go for the you know you go for the criminal first because you have to collect evidence and preserve evidence, right? right? And talk about documents, you know, you have to you oh by the way all these documents you can get fingerprints. Of course, everything's on the computer now, 
right? Yeah. Right. So, you know, 2011. So, uh, oh, yeah. so that brings in the computer forensics mm-hmm. folks, you know, cameras, to investigate into right? Cameras sure. and banks. What was I saying? Oh, so so you have to collect and preserve all that evidence, and then if they decide it's not going to go criminally, well, then the civil attorneys will will bring that uh, to to court too, and that's usually a monetary settlement. So it sounds like Which this sounds like it was. It civil, sounds like right? a lot of it was was civil, uh, but they probably they investigated it criminally uh, as well. They, they probably had both both sections. That's really complicated. If you just if you just Google criminal versus civil fraud, it, you'll you'll get some good information on it. Interesting. Uh, there's some more money involved, though, that I didn't get to finish oh, okay. before you, you settle that. The agreement also included Wells Fargo setting up a $500 million to go back to the investors who were misled on top of that lawsuit that they had. Uh, that's included in the $3 billion in their civil action. Why? What did they lose, the, the investors? So they were hiding the problem from their investors by falsifying records. While firing employees. Oh, so they thought the, the investors thought they were making more money than they were. I gotcha. Yeah, so they were basically hiding that they were doing great when they weren't. Right. And which all came out in court documents where prosecutors are describing this. But Wells Fargo has also admitted to fal- falsifying the bank records. Yeah, that's falsifying records. Yeah. Lying, that's a whole other specific yeah. charge, too. So, in other words, w- what do we call them? Investors? They, the shareholders? Share, I'm sorry, shareholders made decisions based off of those. False right. prof- profit. So I could see how they would get a monetary uh, a damage paid. But I got it. Don't forget, they also still had the four hundred eighty million settlement too. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, the shareholders got the chunk of it. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Since all this information, Wells Fargo has also come out and admitting to charging unnecessary mortgage fees and forcing yeah. auto loan borrowers to get insurance that they did not really need. Yep. Although the Justice Department has not said if they will take action on those reports because it wasn't a part of the settlement reached in 2020, which remember I said if they that was that settlement where like if they step another toe out of line, then they're going to get charged. Uh-huh. But they're still under investigation by the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau for abruptly closing customer accounts also. <laughs> so that's another thing they did, too. So they're currently under investigation for that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I would take your business elsewhere. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wouldn't use Wells Fargo. All right, what was the last thing you said they did? So they abruptly closed customer no, accounts. No, before that you said something else. They charged. They admitted to charging unnecessary mortgage fees, yeah, fees and forcing auto loan borrowers to get insurance that they did not really need. Yeah, th- how the hell? Okay. Well, well shame on. Yeah. Y- listen, don't. You don't need a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. If you, like, you know how many cars you've owned, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not talking to you personally, oh. but <laughs> some, someone's owned a few cars. They know how many accidents they've been in. They know what kind of driving record they have. Don't don't get insurance you don't need. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, great. Now I'll get in trouble for saying that. But I, yeah. Why? I don't believe in insurance if you don't, unless you, you just need it. Okay. All right. This is a doozy, man. Yeah, it was. I was kind of excited to talk about this one because it yeah. kind of paralleled with yeah. my area of expertise, yeah. and yeah. I don't get to talk about that very often. Yeah. Did you get to talk about it enough tonight? Did you share enough tonight? I think, you think? so. Okay. I think I, I shared because again, it, it paralleled pretty well mm-hmm. when I was reading about it. I was like, oh, banks really are like when you look at them on the street, they are really just like a, a store that you go yeah. into and you get customer service. They try and sell you things. It mm-hmm. runs the same way. So it's it was it was interesting. 
the last job I had in the Air Force before I retired, I was the superintendent of the Air Force's Procurement Fraud Investigative Directorate. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> yeah, so that was mostly contracting fraud. Oh, I was going to say, isn't that more like upscale military stuff? <laughs> Co- contracting fraud, yeah. The mm. government needs contractors and companies and things to, to to make things and build things and perform services and such. So, Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize how much went into it until you would share that mm. with me. All right. Cool. So I hope you guys enjoyed that one. Another uh, something different to break up all of the murder that we've been talking <laughs> yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I think we are going to talk about that one that you mentioned. The yeah, Theranos. Yeah. So start looking that up. It's a good one. Yeah, we'll she talk about that one. And then pe- I have oh another. Man, she was bad. She was bad. Really? Yeah. And I think Forbes noted her as 30 under 30, one of those type of things, you know, and she was just straight out lying. Okay, we'll we'll look into that. That one, one and then we have another. Um, I'm gonna do. I think I mentioned it. The Irish Crown Jewel. Okay, beef. yeah, yeah. Well, it's gonna uh, break up from the murder a little and bit, and then we'll get back to genealogy. Don't yeah. you worry, you guys. <laughs> sit sit tight. Yep. So if you guys are enjoying listening to us, please go and give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts so we can hear your feedback. We'd love a five star review. And you can follow us on Instagram at True Crime Archives Podcast and also on Twitter at TC Archives Pod. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Later. Bye.